You're listening to the voices behind Women's Cricket Chat. That's Hannah, Georgie, Cassie, Mahika and Alex. Coming up on today's podcast. Joining us today, we have the wonderful Catherine Bryce, Scotland superstar, El Capitano, and just all-round superstar legend. So, Catherine, welcome to the podcast. Joining myself and Alex today from sunny Scotland. No, in Loughborough. Oh, yeah. nice. So windy and wet Loughborough. <laughs> You're used to it. You're Scottish. It's yeah, like... I know. I'm used to it. It's a bit warmer, so it's a bit better. <laughs> but it's a bit different, I'm guessing, to coming back from Malaysia. Very different. <laughs> Yeah, so you've obviously recently been off in Malaysia with the Scotland side for the Commonwealth qualifiers. Didn't quite go to plan, but how was that as an experience? Obviously, you had to go through the quarantine and all that kind of stuff as well. And then on top of trying to qualify for the Commonwealth Games, what was that experience like? Yeah, I think it was a brilliant experience for us. It's the first time that we've ever played against Sri Lanka. So that was pretty exciting for us to kind of have that opportunity. And I think even though it didn't, the scorecards don't don't look brilliant at times, I think the way that we played our cricket was really exciting. And I think we're definitely moving in the right direction with like, even though we, well, Atapatu just went out there, absolutely whacked it with some ridiculous shots that everyone was just like, that's unbelievable. Kind of after our power play, like chasing their score, we're kind of even with them. So I think there's a lot of positives to take from it and also kind of playing a tournament in in the middle of the winter, um, which is pretty difficult to kind of go from three degrees to 30 degrees to kind of navigate that. It's probably the first tour in a while that we've done in the winter. So kind of preparing for that is a different challenge as well. And so how did you go about preparing for all of that? Because obviously last summer was absolutely manic. There was so much women's cricket going on. We had 100, we had Hey Ho Flint, we had Charlotte Edwards, and then you had to get back into your Scotland bubble almost and then think right it's winter but we've got this massive thing coming up yeah I think being really being down in Loughborough and kind of got all the facilities training here and then heading back up every now and again every month or so to Scotland to kind of train and I know that they they trained quite a bit with with bin bags on as like first layer to get used to being all sweaty and hot which was pretty disgusting (laughs) but I guess just little things like that kind of help you get ready um to try and prepare as much as possible and and think the little things that you can do to be ready to go away. And obviously just before the Commonwealth qualifiers, you also played in the T20 qualifiers in La Manga. We know the pitches weren't the best. What was it like for you guys to be there for qualifiers and to actually go on and beat Ireland to win it? Yeah, I think that was huge for us. And as a team, like the confidence that we kind of took, took from that. It's the first time that we've actually won the European qualifiers whilst Ireland have been in it as well. So kind of beating a full member nation in that, in it was both tricky, tricky pitches and quite a slow outfield as well. So kind of the confidence we took from playing that competition into kind of back into the winter, indoor season, kind of then going into the Commonwealth Games qualifiers. I think it was a big kind of stepping stone at, at the end of that summer. And I think what that really showed as well is that you say, you know, to beat a full nation like Ireland, it shows. And Scotland really is, it is such a talking point for everyone. Scotland women's cricket are, they're massively on the up. And you guys proved just why you're so in the zeitgeist at the moment, didn't you? Yeah, I think so. And I think even with how Thailand performed um, a couple of years ago in the World Cup, kind of 
it's always for as long as I can remember it's been the global qualifiers and Bangladesh and Ireland have qualified and they've been the, the last two that go off to the World Cup and Thailand I think they maybe lost to Bangladesh in the final but getting into the World Cup was absolutely incredible to to see another nation that actually were really small kind of three or four years before kind of coming through and developing and they're not it not being from the men's side either it was fully like women's cricket like all the investment was in that and then they went to the world cup and it wasn't just oh thailand thailand are there they've actually they actually put in some really good performances and put some some big teams under pressure and um, which is really exciting it just shows kind of the depth that there is in in associate cricket and and how much that's growing yeah and also just quickly back to the t20 world cup qualifiers in the final match you did hit the winning runs, captain's knock at the end. Um, what was it like for you to be there at the end to win the game for Scotland? Yeah, I think that was really, really big for, for me. It's always been one of the things that I want to do is put in those performances that I'm not just contributing to, to the games, but actually match winning performances. And it was pretty tricky going in, in that first half. But I think some of it was kind of based around the 100 and the how how you thought about it during that and with the balls kind of going up and down on the side like that I just kind of took away the overs and just kind of broke it down and was like right 10 overs it's like 60 balls 50 runs or whatever it was off 60 balls and just kind of broke it down like that rather than thinking we've got this off this many already just kind of going this is what we need to get from this and and that's just kind of how I took it from there and tried to take that kind of positive mindset into into the end and yeah it was great to kind of be there at the end and get the team over the line. I think there's quite a few nerves in the camp. <laughs> and before we break away from talking Scotland and go to all things regional and 100, etc., we talk about Scotland being massively on the rise. What do you think is being done to increase those opportunities, also to retain players in Scotland rather than them leaving for lack of professionalism and the opportunities to go to other places they might be legitimate to play for? Yeah, I think it's really difficult at the moment um, with the hit that probably a lot of the associate nations have had with COVID and the funding that they get through that is probably probably more limited in the last couple of years. But for Scotland, for the men kind of qualifying for that World Cup um, at the end of last year will, will be really big for that kind of push to, to try and get Scotland to kind of become a full member nation. And then hopefully you can start to see there being some sort of contract in like the Scotland women's system as well which means that you've got the same sort of situation where people don't have to stop playing cricket because they have to get a job they can actually kind of commit to a few days a week training and being able to continue playing for their their country and also any opportunity to wear that purple kit yes yeah definitely I mean I know it wasn't quite the Scotland kit we normally see but iconic yeah a bit of tartan in there and it'd be perfect imagine oh just all dash somewhere thereabouts but obviously you do captain the side and you're not exactly an old one so what's it like to be such a young young person but with so much responsibility and you've been I mean I know you've been around cricket for such a long time now you were associate player of the decade last year which is basically like almost half your life that decade anyway so what's it like to have to put on that captain's mindset and be like right guys come on this is where we go from here even though we're I'm not that old if you get what I mean yeah I think that's definitely been something that I've learned a lot over the last couple of years probably is that 
kind of looking into the next steps and, and pushing more for what we want as a team um, and it, that it kind of goes beyond just what we're doing on the pitch as well and, and kind of taking that responsibility to to fight for other players and, and what they need and knowing that you've kind of got that power to to go and and help them and I think that's definitely as I've grown as a person and, and got a bit older and learned a lot more over the last few years I think that's definitely come into the captaincy and it's it's probably at the start you kind of see other captains and or you've got an idea of what you think a captain should be rather than it necessarily being who are you as the person and and being the captain that suits you as a personality rather than trying to fit what a captain should be um sort of thing and that's definitely something that's developed over the last couple of years I guess it's about finding your groove in the same way a coach would yeah, I think so. And it's like that a bit of that identity as well and not trying to be someone else. And actually like a coach, it's like figuring out what's your philosophy? What what do you really believe in and, and what I think if you believe in it more um, and it's something that that really is true to you, then you can just like live it every day. And it's it's a lot easier to do that rather than trying to do what you think is the right thing to do. And having so much captaincy experience, it must be nice to have a vice captain who you have so much trust in because we've seen instances where the captain and vice captain have fallen out. But for you, luckily enough, your vice captain is your sister. So tell us a little bit about that working dynamic. Yeah, I think we've always we've always really played together. So it was actually quite strange when we were on different teams. So yeah, I think it's always great to work with someone that you know know well and and that you trust that and actually she'll challenge me as well when she thinks something's not right or ask different questions whereas sometimes people are like just kind of leave you to it and and things like that so I think that relationship we've got on the pitch as well is is really good and probably grown as well in in the confidence that she's got um over the last few years and she'll definitely tell me when she she doesn't think think something's not right um so it's great to have her on the pitch to help out do you find Quite a lot of pride in seeing her grow as a player, sort of under your wing and your big sister, but also the captain and having her on the side with you there. Do you give her tips or is she a bit like, oh, shut up, Catherine? Yeah, no, not too many tips. I think you kind of have that understanding, having played with her for so long, of what she actually needs to to get the best out of herself and little things here and there um, and knowing when the right time is to have the conversation. But yeah, just a lot of pride as well. If I've got out and watching on, just kind of seeing her go out there and, and really perform. And I think I'm more nervous. It's quite it's a lot better when we're batting together because you've got something else to focus on and you're out there in the middle and you can kind of forget about it a little bit. But when you're on the side watching her batting, it's probably much more nervous when, than when I'm out there <laughs> I'm trying to do it. So, yeah, definitely the pride in, in seeing her kind of achieve and come into her, her own as a player as well. And so the two of you obviously... At Scotland together, but not together in the 100 last year. What was it like to pull on two different jerseys? And how did your parents decide which outfit to wear? <laughs> yeah, it was really difficult, actually. It's strange. Like the only, I think we were thinking like the only other time that we've played against each other was like one county game, um, like Knott's v Warwickshire, like quite a few years ago. And that was a bit strange. Um, so it's like the first time that we've ever been in a different team. So that game was rained off in the end, so I still don't really know exactly what it would be like in the competition to to play against there. But I think it was hardest, yeah, for the parents and um, knowing what what they were going to do. So Dad came up with a theory that he was going to have both hats on, and whichever way the wind predictor was going, he was going to put that one on top. And um, so he was supporting both teams, <laughs> just wanting both of us to do well, but no no specific outcome at the end of it. <laughs> 
And uh, we did actually happen to meet both your parents at the final of the 100 and they were the loveliest people ever. Your dad was there with his camera. He was just, it was oh, yeah. so heartwarming to see. And he was just like, he was just beaming with pride. Yeah, definitely. They just, they have always travelled around when we've played because a lot of the stuff that we played like Scotland under 17s was all down south and they they came to so many of those, those games took us every training and things like that and they're still I think that was probably one of the hardest years a couple of years ago when we started back after Covid and they were having to watch the live streams and seeing the ball go up in the air and having no idea what was happening so to kind of be back in at Lords as well dad taking us to a few kind of masterclass weekends when we were quite young to to go for like a weekend camp there so I think to see her playing at Lords was, yeah, I absolutely loved it and definitely took lots of pictures, which I'm not sure where they are, but he's got them all on his camera. And how was it for you to have to watch her play in the final and lift the trophy and wasn't quite there for the Trent Rockets? Yeah, it was obviously disappointing for us not being there, but being able to kind of sit in the crowd and kind of take it in and experience what I guess a lot of people have been talking about for over the last four or five weeks that had been being able to sit in the crown and enjoy the game and I think it was a bit nervous the day before everyone was like it's just going to rain it's going to be a a horrendous day and but the sun came out and it was a bit nervy to start off with and but it was yeah it was incredible to be able to watch her kind of lift the trophy and kind of walk around with her medal on and just yeah so happy with like the, that bowling performance by Cappy at the start was absolutely incredible so to be able to see that as well was brilliant. And compared to some of the other teams, Trent Rockets was predominantly lightning player. So it must have been nice to play with your teammates from the regional setup. And also, what was it like to bowl with England bowling great Catherine Brunt and BKB squared and to play alongside the wonderful Nat Siver? Yeah, no, it was amazing. It's, it's great to have that experience with like that mix, like you said, of, of people that you train with all year round, but also having other great players kind of coming in um but yeah just to kind of play and and chat to the likes of Catherine Brunt um about like her career and and what she does and and what she's thinking and just that passion that she has in every kind of fight that she goes out there and just kind of seeing that in someone that's played the game for such a long time was just incredible and then obviously Nat as well and all the overseas were absolutely brilliant in creating such a great environment as well um, and just being willing to share their knowledge and kind of get involved and, and really be part of the team as well which, which made it such a good experience. And the experience as a whole for the inaugural 100, what was that like for you because it was quite a landmark summer for women's cricket in general but then something like the 100 with the standalone match to begin with and just all those televised games, everything on the radio, what was that like to be part of? And have you seen that that's still built into this year and it looks like women's cricket is still massively on the up? Yeah, definitely. I think it was just something that grew and grew throughout the competition. So if Sarah was involved in that first, the first ever game at the Oval and she said like the overseas were like, that's one of the best atmospheres kind of that they'd ever been involved in. So I think you kind of were aware that it might be pretty exciting, but I think it just grew, grew and grew from the start. And you you see more and more people coming in earlier in the game and really kind of being invested in it, but also like the, there's having so many kids kind of running around with their Trent Rockets t-shirts on and with all their match tax cards and things and trying to find the people to, to sign them and kind of the, the excitement that they had from that was yeah it was just brilliant and I think when you especially you got to field second um, and you're out there you you definitely felt like the ooze and the 
yeah and the, the cheering and everything like that was just... now is that the ooze or the booze the, the ooze. <laughs> ooze ooze caused by booze but then ooze, also booze um, caused by booze when there was just like the fielding there was like a fumble or like a, a close run out and there's like uh, it was just you could definitely tell it wasn't people not just sat there they're actually watching the game and kind of reacting to what was happening some of the biggest cheers I mean it wasn't the best for us but it was um when we we're at edge basting and fielding second and Bongi was hitting those sixes just like the massive cheers from the Holly stand as it was gradually getting a bit rowdier <laughs> through, through the middle of the afternoon. Um, but yeah, just things like that, that you just kind of realise how incredible it was. I wanted to ask you specifically, how did you find bubble life? Because we've seen players not be able to cope and it really take a toll on their mental health. Like we've seen Glennie have to pull out of the England World Cup squad because she wants to put her mental health first. So I just, I wanted to know how you felt about bubble life. Yeah, I think it, it was quite difficult. I think for for a lot of it, like when we're away with Scotland, quite lucky having someone like Sarah as well, where it's kind of some quite familiar and just kind of having those people around you and trying to get out and do as many little things to kind of break up the day as possible rather than just kind of sitting with yourself and you can quite easily just sit on Netflix and and half the day's gone but trying to find things to do and I think luckily in in the 100 at least it was a bit more open like you could go out and manage to play a bit of golf and things like that to kind of get out get out of the hotel a little bit so I've not found it too bad I've get on just keep myself occupied um quite well but I know it's been like a real struggle for for lots of different people and it's just having having that escape and it's not necessarily going and doing anything but just kind of being sat there knowing that you can't go and do anything else um has definitely been a real struggle so hopefully we're kind of moving moving away from a bit but um just awareness of how difficult it is and having some more kind of protocols or things in place ready to help people when they're in those situations as well. And have you seen things like mental health support? Have you seen changes in that during your time in the sport and there being more support and more people talking about it? And do you think it's helped that um, the women's game is getting so much more coverage now that it's getting that kind of support that it's always deserved? Yeah, definitely. I think it's definitely like there's been a lot more conversations around it um than there ever I ever remember kind of early on in my career and the awareness of it uh, from people that haven't been through the struggles as well I think is one of the biggest things I think it's easy or easier when you've been through um mental health struggles to then to to recognize that people are struggling and and kind of take from those experiences but I think the people that haven't been through it being wanting to go out and and be able to help people in in the best way possible I think even just opening up that conversation and and people knowing that it's kind of a safe place where you can talk about it I think it's probably been one of the hardest things over the last couple of years not just with COVID but also that we're moving into a more professional um, environment where actually you're not just going out there and you're now being paid to do what you're doing so actually there's there's so much more pressure on you to to perform and I think a lot of there's probably been more struggles in terms of you're now being paid to do this so the expectation is higher um, and how how do you help people kind of through that transit transition into the professional side of the sport as well and in a sense do you think the media plays a role in that in the sense that if they go too negative on a player it can seriously affect their performance or if they praise someone too highly and then they have a bad day and it just goes to pop yeah I think it definitely 
is can work both ways and with the, with the growing exposure of it and there's the it's a good thing that there's more availability people can watch the more people can watch games but actually it means like they're they've seen what you do and if it doesn't go well there's people that can sit behind a keyboard and tell you that you've not done very well and when you've been around for a long time you've probably seen a lot of a lot of different tweets and and things like that you can ignore them but I think at this level that a lot of the girls will have never experienced that sort of thing before so you do see every tweet that you get mentioned in and everything like that so um it does it does come to you and I think it also yeah like you said when people just get bigged up a lot kind of the expect you don't know kind of how that kind of takes a toll on, on the expectation that they then have and it can be pretty difficult but I think the media has also been really good in kind of raising the awareness in in this stuff as well so I think it can work both ways and it's just finding the right balance and um, there's definitely a lot of support from the PCA they're aware of how much like social media can affect you as players so kind of equipping you in the best way possible to to be prepared for blocking certain words or or things like that when you go through it and just trying to ignore it and filter everything you've got in the best way possible and what's your go-to when it comes to like looking after your own mental health what's your escape please tell me you just whip out your violin and your clarinet and you're like hey guys remember that I'm grade eight at both of these <laughs> yeah not so much as well because my violin's at home so I haven't played it as much but that's definitely Sarah's she just like she got a piano um in her her room at uni so she just sits down and like whatever mood it is it's just like gets angrier and angrier as she sat there so <laughs> I'll have to get a video of that for you but I think it's like getting out and playing golf and just getting out in the fresh air and doing things like I mean, golf is frustrating sometimes as cricket, um, but just getting out with friends and doing something a bit different, um, but also just going out for coffee and just meeting up with, with different people. You know, you and Sarah could rival Jemima Rodriguez and Laura Wolfart. That is a fail on Hannah's duty as content creator to not, you know, or even just get it on the, on the lightning Twitter, Instagram, that's a failure on Hannah's part. Yeah, that's, yeah, you can blame Hannah for that. <laughs> She'll have to come and hunt us down. <laughs> yeah, and so obviously you are also part of Lightning, playing in the Rachel Hayhoe Flint and also the Charlotte Edwards, but then looking back to the KSL days. So what are the changes that you've seen during your time across all three of those? Yeah, I think that's probably one of the hardest transitions, actually, going from the KSL into the RHF and the Charlotte Edwards Cup is that you kind of think it, it was sort of similar. But actually, when you played those in the Super League, you had your overseas players and you had your England players there pretty much for the whole time. So you had a lot of experience from that, whereas actually kind of we're now the most the ex, more the more experienced players that are around all the time and I think that was probably a bit of a, a transition um, and sort of figuring out how you run a program that's not just six weeks long over the winter and the winter over the summer and um, but actually all the way through the winter um, and taking into the summer so I think there's been a, a big change um, even since last year and into this year and just figuring out how how it works best because it's not really been done before having just kind of five professional and then six contracted players this year so it's quite it's quite a kind of difficulty kind of juggling um how you have a few players that are contracted and then also players in your squad that that don't necessarily have the time they're they're working and things like that as well but we're quite lucky here at Loughborough there's a lot of the girls that are at the uni as well so they've got a bit they're a bit more flexible with what they're able to do 
um, and yeah definitely been a, a step towards kind of more professionalism I think the program at Loughborough even when I was at uni was pretty professional program it was like start Sal ran it for a long time so you kind of we were kind of used to training a certain number of times a week and gymming and, and running and all those sort of things so that's kind of just continued on and and that kind of work and, and things like that um, over the last few years and with women's sport and women's cricket growing do you think we'll see more Scottish players play in the domestic league like we saw Abtahar play in the 100 and we saw how well she did absolutely phenomenal so do you think we'll see more players like her come into the regional setup yeah I definitely I really hope so I think it's brilliant to kind of see the talent that there is um, in Scotland and and just having those opportunities um, to get out there and, and play in like the likes of Catherine Fraser who is like 16 years old but is Scotland's like leading wicket taker in T20 internationals already um, is ridiculous so it's like people like her will hopefully kind of get recognised and actually people realise that it's not just kind of us who they're from Scotland but there's a lot of girls kind of coming through and that are there that, that have the talent that, that can play in the regional competition as well. And I just want to throw it back quickly to the Lightning. Life at Loughborough Lightning. Oh, that's a good one. That's, that's a nice Life one. at Loughborough Lightning. You've had a big change over the last year. So new coach, new director. What's that going to be like going into this season? Yeah, I think it's a really exciting place. It can be a bit scary at times with, with there being a lot of change. Um, but I guess he done, has done a lot of work mentoring like level three courses and things like that before and, and has been working with the Lightning Academy as well so he kind of knows how how Lightning's kind of been run over the last year or so and um, it's been some really exciting changes over the last year and there's a new director's just started recently and and he seems brilliant so far and from up, another one from up north which is which is always good so yeah just that fresh face is, is just really exciting and seeing it from someone who's been in the county system for quite a while as well so understands kind of how to to get the most out of the other the counties that are around Loughborough and hopefully kind of really bringing together um, that it's not just Loughborough but actually you've actually got Derbyshire and Nottinghamshire and Leicestershire and, and Lincolnshire and kind of all coming together and kind of making them feel invested in what we're doing as well. And how important is it for Lightning to be a standalone brand and have its own identity completely separate from the university? Yeah I think it's it's a bit it's difficult because there's a lot of positives of, of the connection with the university and, and things like that. But kind of more back to kind of what I just said of actually it's kind of finding how the counties work with that as well. And, and that different identity that we've got with actually those those players coming through from Nottingham and kind of really getting them involved from from the lower level. And actually, how can we go out there and help the, the under 11s and 13s kind of coming through and really inspire them and kind of drive the programs that they have at that level and and hopefully over the next 10 years or so that's going to they're going to be the next players that are playing for lightning in the future and so do we see Loughborough lightning performing better this season than last season I hope so yes yeah definitely I'm always moving in the right direction so um it's been really positive so far and I think being a, with me and Sarah having been away as well it's kind of exciting having that opportunity to be able to kind of practice what you've been doing in the in the first half of the winter for a bit and Kirsty's been away um, as well she's in Australia at the moment as well so yeah I think hopefully some exciting performances this year. Eyes on a Lord's final which in itself is a big thing but to be there what would that be like? Yeah I think that would be incredible just the fact that it's, it's there in the first place is, is a huge kind of 
stepping stone for for the competition and shows kind of the value that it has so like we saw in the, in the first few years like actually if we if we play on good pitches then it, it produces higher quality cricket so hopefully hopefully we'll be there playing out in the middle of lords if you could pick lightning to win at lords or to win the 100 with a 100 franchise at lords what would you go for that's a very difficult question both we just go both both we'll just do both we'll just if do we both. both then Double, double wins. Why pick when you could have it all? Exactly. If you do one, then you've got the ability to do both. So there we go. Yeah, love that. <laughs> I know last season perhaps didn't go to plan for Lightning, but you did end up joint fourth in the 50-over comp. And I believe you did hit, I might not be 100% correct on this, but you did hit 162, which included 21 fours and two sixes, which I think was the highest score of the Hayhoe Flint 2021. So how thrilled were you to end on a high? Yeah, that was a brilliant way to kind of finish the season. I think our 50 over campaign was probably better. Well, it's definitely better than our T20 um, <laughs> campaign. <laughs> but yeah, I think there was, there was probably a lot more positives in there and to kind of come together at the end in the final game and to be able to put in that performance and, and put it all together to finish off on a high was was definitely was big for us. And to finish joint fourth, I think, kind of shows, I think we were probably more of a 50 over side at that time with the players that we've got. That's probably where our strength lie more. So that's definitely a big work on to take it into the, the T20 stuff as well and hopefully just keep on building from where we were in the 50 over comp. And as you are now tethered to Loughborough and Lightning for life, who are some of the upcoming players from Lightning and from the national team as well? From Lightning, who's up and coming? I think Josie Groves, a leg spinner, um, has come up through the academy and she played a couple of games um, last season, I think. Just really switched on um, in what she's doing and I think she'll be really good kind of coming up in the future so she's definitely one to watch and then internationally Catherine Fraser although she's kind of been people have seen her already at 16 um is absolutely phenomenal um what she's doing and she's just so switched on in what she's and she's literally just like bowling different balls and just the confidence that she's got now and when she grows and gets a bit stronger she'll be whacking the ball as well so need to watch out (laughs) So also we had the 100 last year that gave us a lot of opportunity to see that. Who were your standout stars from that? I think one of the ones I was really impressed with was Kalia Moore um, from the Northern Superchargers. I'd never really seen her play before and I don't think she was even in, in the team at the start. Um, but just to come out and um, like bowl some absolutely brilliant balls. Um, one of them to get out of Dotton, I think. Um, just the confidence in that kind of coming in and I think there's so many youngsters now coming out of that have played a bit of regional cricket and then coming into the, the things like the 100 and just having that confidence to just go out there and and play how they have been playing which is it's pretty crazy I guess it's about giving they've been given that opportunity and they've got that freedom now so they're just loving it yeah definitely and I think just having training in that professional environment as well for longer and just knowing that it's just quite a normal thing for them to just go out there and, and do things like that. It's pretty, pretty exciting. And I know we've talked a lot about how young you are, but yet yeah, you're experienced. We can't have you on here and not talk to you about being part of the ICC Associate Rookie Programme during the WBBL, the Melbourne Stars, and getting to mix with the likes of Meg Lanning. Uh, would you, were you able to pick her brain at all on anything? 
yeah definitely I think that was a big big experience kind of back then it was before I played in the KSL or the 100 or anything existed so kind of having that opportunity to be around a team like that for for a couple of weeks and just see her or like people and that Siver was in that team as well um yeah just see Meg Lanning like at training and and how they went about that kind of competition um and kind of preparing for it and what they did and actually I think it's quite easy to watch them on tv and just be like oh they're amazing but actually being able to watch them train hard they it doesn't just happen overnight they actually put put the hard work in and they fail and and they try different things at training and things like that I think that was kind of a big big um, opportunity for me to be able to to see what it takes to to play in those kind of competitions that I've been able to take in back to Scotland and then also into the 100 experience as well. I was just going to say as an all-rounder and being the captain you get to choose where you bat is three your preferred position or would you prefer to bat a little bit lower down just to give your body some time to relax not relax but calm down from bowling absolute out in swingers? Um, Yeah I do enjoy batting at three probably three or four I don't mind too much just kind of enjoy being part of it and being able to contribute and that's kind of what I've always wanted to do is just be able to do as much as I can for the team so um yeah I do enjoy playing there because it's not not too long I think it's a test test match it might be a bit much but you never know if you get out then you can just sit there and have a cup of tea for a while um, and get ready for bowling so (laughs) maybe a bit longer would be good um but yeah no it's it's great to to kind of be able to, to do that for the team and how cool would it be to be able to play in a test match? Yeah, that would be amazing. That should be the next thing is the regional test match series um, would be incredible. Just have that experience. So the Enid Bakewell Shield. Yes, there you go. You've started it. You can you can set it up. Yeah. Anything has got Bakewell Enid in there and I'm keen. Right. So, Alex, have you got anything else to add on this one or should we go for some quick fire? not my specialty don't worry it's 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 not stressful so um one we always like to start off with um a favorite of hannah's is what's your favorite sledge that you've either used or heard one that i remember one of the scotland girls shouting from the boundary was just someone absolutely swung for it and missed it and they were just like swing harder (laughs) and a big scottish accent coming right from the cow corner boundary Hannah's other favourite one is what is your favourite tea item at a standard village cricket tea? Um, a cup of tea and sausage rolls. Interesting. I was I was interested to see if there was going to be a different Scottish vibe on that one. No, that's just quite standard. We don't have haggis and potatoes for teas in Scotland. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'll let you off. Eccles cakes, Scottish? I don't know. I think they're more kind of well, just North England. No, close enough. Yeah. Um, Last Netflix series you binged? Oh, what was it called? Must have been good. Um, Engage brain. Oh my goodness. What did I watch? Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. Last Last book you read? How to Kill Your Family. Oh, Bella Mackie. Yeah. (laughs) It was very good. I told my mum and she was like, what is that like? (laughs) Yeah. If you didn't play cricket, what would you want to do? another sport probably play golf um or another job like quite enjoy teaching PE and stuff like that just playing sports with kids all day basically throwing frisbees and playing badminton with them really basically any job where you can just wear sports kit yeah yeah definitely (laughs) I was used to find that at school we'd be running around playing lacrosse in like skirts and t-shirts absolutely freezing and the coach the coaches would be like 
oh, it's fine, you know, you don't need to wear thermals. And they'd be in like every outfit ever, the massive coat, the hat, and you'd be like, great. Yeah, yeah, great. I can't feel my legs right now. Yeah, you take your shorts and put your T-shirt on and then you can say it's all right. (laughs) Yeah, I'm glad I fell in the mud because it's actually insulating my legs right now. (laughs) Keep you warm. God, what a life. What's your go-to drink on a night out? Um, Gin and tonic. Oh, nice. Any flavoured? Um... Not really. I do like the pink gins are quite nice, but also um, the Edinburgh rhubarb and ginger gin is bloody love nice. that one. Oh, yeah. such a so, banger! Yeah. Um, most embarrassing thing you've done on a cricket pitch um, or at training? One of the the first things that I ever did. It was like my first ever tour playing for Scotland under seventeens in the warm up. Um, it was before I knew that you kind of put your spikes on to warm up um we we're just doing some like leg swings and things like that and I just kicked my leg up so high that I'm not flexible so it just like flung me off my feet and just like landed straight on the ground and that was one of the first things I did on tour which was brilliant <laughs> got off to a great start oh yeah the thing is then you're like oh I've already landed on my ass so I can just go from here yeah exactly can't get much worse no exactly oh favorite person you've ever played against against um probably Catherine Brunt and with 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 is more fun well yeah with is more fun I think but playing against is quite funny as well when she gets angry because she gets angry at Nat for everything (laughs) have they got a bit of um changing room banter the two of them yeah yeah definitely great fun that just has a moment at the end and then she's like okay it's fine I'm done (laughs) favorite ground you've played at um probably like properly played at um Trent Bridge is good um enjoy kind of sort of at home um but training kind of on the Adelaide Oval was probably one of the the best kind of surroundings best most proud moment in your cricket career probably I think a few years ago kind of the 100 partnership between me and Sarah um to beat Uganda in the third fourth playoff of the global qualifiers best friend in the lightning team that's not your sister and is not lucy hyam uh kirsty gordon fair enough you do you two live together don't you yeah we live together and play together for under 17s for years as well yeah i'll get told off if i don't say her as well (laughs) (laughs) if there was somewhere you could play where would you want to be i think new zealand and that grand it looks like it's in the middle of nowhere it looks incredible yeah no um I can't remember where it is but I know exactly where you mean and also the whole tour that you get to do while you're in New Zealand yeah just everything you get to do basically a trip to Hobbiton and you're set yeah yeah there you go just just a trip to New Zealand really yeah sounds pretty good to me um I think I probably we think we've just about covered everything Alex do you have any other ones to ask we went through embarrassing moments we went through favourite drinks, um, what to do if you weren't playing cricket. I think that's pretty much it. Um, just quickly, Catherine, this is something we asked all guests, and it is just simply, where can our guests find you on social media if they want to find out more about you, you being captain of Scotland, being captain of Lightning, and if they just want to, you know, support support you and your sister, basically. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Catherine underscore Bryce 
um, and on Instagram, Catherine Bryce. But you'd probably be better off following other people because I don't post on there very often, get told off. Um, so Cricket Scotland and then Lightning Cricket, I think with a one at the end of it, um, are probably the best places to find me. Or you can find her on our other presenters instagram hannah you can find yeah. on hannah's instagram <laughs> hannah's probably posted about us as well <laughs> yeah amazing well Catherine bryce superstar thank you so much for joining us today it's been fab to catch up and hear all about your cricket life thank you for joining women's cricket chat today thanks for being you thanks for everything you're doing for cricket scotland at lightning in the hundred and we can't wait to see you guys out out and about again when eventually stops being storm god only knows what's going on outside and we get to get out for some summer cricket so we will see you on the pitch ball in hand bat in hand just loving life again this summer and we look forward to it thanks very much for having me it's been a pleasure massive thank you to Catherine for coming on and being a guest on the podcast it was really interesting to hear what she had to say also to find out some really interesting things such as being the ICC player of the decade being Scotland captain and only being 24 and what it's really like to work with her sister Sarah as a vice captain turns out they barely ever argue and to all our listeners if you want to keep up to date with everything that we're doing you can follow us on twitter at wcricketchat on instagram at women's cricket chat and if you want to give us a like on facebook we are women's cricket chat if you'd like to give our personal twitters a follow then it's at hannity1194 at georgiaheath27 at cassie coombs98 at mihika barshney and i'm at alexjane this has been the women's cricket chat tune in next time Just